Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. For there is a move of my spirit, and there is that which I want to impart unto you, that which I want to operate in the life of the church corporately and in your lives as individuals. And through prayer, meditation, and submission to the Word of God, your heart will become much more sensitive to the impartation of the information of that which I desire you to have. Based on that information, faith will come. The anointing will flow. And the supernatural will be in operation for all to enjoy, for the suffering to be relieved, and for the believer to be inspired. So don't pull back, but press in, even in this day and hour, and you shall see much more, much more in your midst. In your Bibles, turn, if you will, to the book of Galatians. I I was looking back over some things I've been teaching, and, you know, on Wednesday nights we've been looking at hindrances to faith, and we looked at unforgiveness last week, different things. And uh, in Galatians 6, let me just read it. We'll trust the Spirit of God to take us in the right direction. It says, Be not deceived, in verse 7, Galatians chapter 6. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You know, that's not the law of karma. Amen. You say, what do you mean? Karma's the fake. This is the real. Amen. This is the real thing here. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Now that word mocked is an interesting word. It means to, to treat with contempt and to ridicule because something to you is unimportant or worthless. Oh my goodness. The Bible said God's not going to be mocked. Well, if God's not going to be mocked, that means His Word's not going to be mocked. Amen. Now it says this, For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. He that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now notice verse 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That word faint actually means to not give up, if we will not give up. Now, in in studying this and, and, and meditating on what I've been teaching on, things I've been studying in my own life, I think many times we revert back to a religious mindset of thinking that, uh, I guess what kind of set me off, how many were here Sunday morning, I talked about that bug, you know, and I was fixing to squish that bug, and God spoke to me and and didn't let me squish that bug, amen. (laughs) But what he said to me was really profound to me. He said, that's what most people think about God, that he sits up in heaven with a choice, choosing whether or not to do something for you or not to do something for you. Now, that has no basis in the Word of God. I've, I've said this for years. Not everybody gets saved, but everybody can be saved. It's not like God sits up in this predestination mode and says, well, you know, here's the, the, the group from Avenue O to Avenue P. They're going to get saved, but everybody south of that to the beach, they're a bunch of heathens. They ain't, we're not going to get them saved. They're, just, they're all going to hell. Well, no, that's not, the Bible says whosoever. Now, if you start studying, I heard a guy say this. I thought it was so good. He said all of the ifs of the Word of God and the whosoevers of the Word of God remove the doctrine of the sovereignty of God 
being something that God uses against us. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, that he would sit up in heaven, and here you are, a person that has faith in your heart, you're believing God, and you know God's provided for you through redemption, all the different things that we study, you know, but still, God does not release the provision in your life. That's ludicrous. That's not true at all. Many times what it is, is there's a lack of information. We just haven't gone far enough in the revelation that we need to in order to step into the provision that God already has provided for us. I was listening, like I said, I was listening to Brother Hagin the other day, and he talked about being healed at age 17. And he said at age 16, he was very frustrated because he called for a minister, and he wanted this minister to explain to him whether or not Mark 11, 23 was true. Excuse me, 24. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive, you should have it. He said, now if that word means what it says it means, I'm coming off this sickbed. He had been been paralyzed uh, with a blood disease, uh, a deformed heart, and paralyzed for like six or eight months. And he'd gotten that scripture. And he said, of all the darkness that was around him, that scripture brought light to him. So they went to his, his, his pastor, and the pastor said, yeah, I'll come. He didn't come. They called another pastor and said, I'll come. He didn't come. So the third pastor showed up. He said when he showed up, he came into the room. And Brother Hagin said, you know, he was, he, he was paralyzed. He was just a young boy. And he said, I couldn't talk. He said it would take me sometimes five minutes to form a word and say it. But when the, when the guy came in, in order to, in, in order to, you know, he's going to ask him, you know, get the Bible. He had it over there. He had it open. He said, look at Mark eleven twenty four. Tell me if that's true, if that's what God said. He said, so he's tried to address the guy, and all he could do is stammer and stutter. He said, I just stuttered, stammered, stuttered. He said, I couldn't get anything out. He said, the, the, the man walked over, grabbed my hands. He said, he leaned over with a professional voice and said, be patient, my son. It won't be long now. And it'll all be over. And he said, what that did to him is that put the light out. He said, the light that I had, it put it out. He said, not only that, the guy went into the, the, guy went into the living room with his mom and his grandparents and prayed a real professional prayer. Oh, God, you know. And he said, you know, uh, be with these poor people who are about to be bereaved of, the, of their son and their grand." He said, I'm telling you, by the time that guy left, I wanted to die. He said, but that thing just, keep, just kept gnawing on me, kept eating on whatever, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have it. He said, I desired a well body. He said, so I just wouldn't quit. I wouldn't give up. Well, it was another year until he actually acted on that scripture and was healed. And we know the rest is history, how God blessed the world with his ministry. Now, but one thing he said I found very interesting. He said at one point, he said, after that preacher came to his house. He said, I spent six months just waiting to die. He said, I'd already had the experience of dying and going to hell. He said, I'd already had the experience of being born again. I'd already had the experience of dying and going to heaven. He said, so I just waited to die. He said, but after about six months, he said, I began to desire to look. He said, I didn't even read the Bible. He said, I began to look into the Word of God again. He said, and I began to run references And I begin to look into the Word. I begin to study the Word. I begin to meditate on the Word. And he came to the point where he said this to the Lord. He said this. He said, Lord Jesus, if you were to appear in front of me right now and say to me, 
that I did not believe, I would have to call you a liar. Because I do believe. I do believe what your word says. I do believe whatsoever things I desire. When I pray, believe. He said the Spirit of God so tenderly spoke into his spirit and said this. You do believe what you know. But it's what you don't know that's keeping you from receiving from God. So he went on a quest, and it was just a couple of months later where he climbed out of that bed and stood up and stayed standing up for, what was it, 87 years. He was supposed to die. Amen. Well, God didn't just single him out and say, well, you know, I'm going to single him out, and, and he's going to get it, but nobody. No, God, God is no respecter of persons. He'll touch anybody's life. He'll deliver anybody. He'll heal anybody. He'll bless anybody. He'll do anything that anybody can believe Him for. But you've got to understand, we live down here in a fallen realm where we have an adversary where everything in this fallen realm is against who we are and what we do. Amen? Now, a lot of people, they put it on. Pastor Mark and I were talking today. We had a, a couple of, uh, of ministry concerns we were talking about. And one particular one was in an area in which there were some people there that were really frustrated and really kind of upset because they'd been just laboring and laboring and laboring and hadn't seen a lot of uh, the fruit of their labor. And so their, 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 their response was, well, this is a very hard place. It was a difficult place. Uh, like one place is harder than the other or one type of unbelief is more potent than another, which is not true. There are, there are no hard places. They're just hard people. Amen. Uh, there's people that just, they don't want God. They don't want to receive from God. Uh, they, don't want, they don't want the Word of God. They just, they, and listen, there are masses of people that are going to live their life out here on the earth. They're going to get a job. They're going to make a living. They're going to raise a family. They're going to do it all themselves, and they're going to die, and they're going to go to hell. And they're never going to know the difference. Amen. But the thing is, something in you has driven you, motivated you, and propelled you into something bigger than you are. In which now it's not your own ability you're depending on. You've stepped into some abilities of God in your, in, your, in your finances, in your health, in the will of God for your life. You've added an element of the super to your natural. So now what you're doing or what you're attempting to do is to live a supernatural life here on the natural earth. Now don't you think the enemy is going to... Amen. Don't you think he's going to... Push against that? Of course he is. That's why God gave us a wonderful scripture like this. Do not be weary in well-doing. One Bible I had, I was looking at one of my old Bibles the other day. I, I struck out the word well and I put word. Don't be weary in word-doing. Don't be weary in word-doing. Now let me say this. This is, this is the, 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 something that I've seen in my own life so I know it's relevant to everyone here. If you're believing God, if you're standing in faith, if you've got your faith out, maybe it's for a home. Maybe it's for a new car. Maybe it's for uh, uh, to go to college. I don't know what it is. But say something, maybe it's a healing in your body. Whatever it may be, you're believing God. You're standing on the Word of God. Amen? So you're doing what the Word dictates. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you're meditating on the Word that causes faith to come. You're speaking or confessing the Word of God. You're acting upon that Word. You're thanking God. And time goes by. Time goes by. A week, a month, a year, two years, three years, five years goes by. If you're not careful and if you do not understand 
You're handling eternal material. Now let me say that again. You're handling eternal material. And when you handle eternal material, there is a part of you that is also eternal. So the eternal material of the Word of God joined to the eternal part of you, which is your human spirit, which has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and now the Holy Ghost abides on the inside of you. When those two come together in you, time really doesn't affect you anymore. Amen. But the Lord knew that His kids would be down on the earth at a time in which time itself, you say, what do you mean by that? Seconds, minutes, hours, days, months, years would become so relevant that you can't discard it. And as you handled eternal material with your eternal spirit, if you're not careful and you give place to time, it will erode your expectancy. It will. I mean, I've had to do it several times in this building program as time has gone by. I mean, God has had to encourage me. I've had to seek the Word, seek the Spirit, question God. Lord, am I even doing the right thing? Come on, some of y'all looking at me so holy like you don't even know what I'm talking about. Am I even doing the right thing? Am I, did I miss it somewhere? Did I, I miss it a year ago? Did I miss it two years ago? And the Lord would continually remind me, if you allow those questions to dominate your mind, what you're doing is you're stepping back into the realm of time and you're allowing time to tell you you haven't received from God yet. So the second, the minute, the hour, the day, the week, the month, the year will mock you. And we'll mock God. And we'll say the Word of God is not effective. And God's not working on your behalf. And if you entertain that, then what the enemy does, he amplifies it. He goes from a 30-second commercial to a two-and-a-half-hour movie. And some of you know what I'm talking about. As you entertain it a little bit, then it gets a little stronger. It gets a little more in-depth. Then you entertain it a little more. It gets a little stronger. It gets a little more detailed. You entertain it a little more. It gets a little stronger. But sometime during that process, you need to come to yourself. You need to come to yourself and recognize and realize this. I'm falling into a trap. I'm allowing my word doing Instead of it producing faith, instead of producing all that it should be producing in me, which is a worship toward God, a thankfulness what He's imparted to me, I've already believed I receive. I've got it in word form. I've got the title deed for my healing. I've got the title deed for our building. I've got the title deed for what I'm believing God for. It's the Word of God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So all of a sudden, you come to yourself and you realize, I've stepped back away from eternal things and the further I get from eternal things the more time affects me so I need to draw closer to eternal things so I'm not affected by time I'm affected by eternity amen because listen you got eternal life the day you got born again not when you get to heaven people think well when I get to heaven I got eternal life what do you need eternal life for in heaven there is no death amen there's no death in heaven 
You need eternal life down here in the nasty now and now. And when I say eternal life, what I'm talking about is the Zoe life of God that He imparts to you that has an element of timelessness to it. You say, what do you mean by that? One year, it's going to be 10 million years from now. And when you run into me, you will know me. There's Pastor Rusty. Amen. He's over there hanging out with John the Baptist. wonder what they're doing. Go over there and talk to him. Come on, church. See, people don't think like that because it's abstract. We've allowed the world and the world system to formulate our thinking, but we've got to learn to think eternally or think the Word of God. Amen? Now, how's my time? Oh, my goodness. Go to Romans real quick. This is where we were a couple of weeks ago. It might have been a month ago or so. Speaking of Abraham, let's go back and talk about Abraham just a moment. It says in verse 19 of Romans chapter 4. It says, And be not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the, notice this, at the promise of God. At the promise of God at the promise of God, through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21, and being fully persuaded that what he, that he there is God, that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, I want you to just see, just for a moment, we've just got a, a few minutes here, just a few minutes, maybe five or eight minutes. I want you to see how time affected Abraham. Now, first of all, not in, the, not in the eternal sense, but in the natural sense. Now, this is how it affected him. He considered not his own body now dead. So, he was 100 years old, and because of 100 years of aging, his body spoke to him. Amen? 100 years of aging said to Abraham, there's no way, you'll, you'll never father a child. You'll never father a child. Why? Why can't I father a child? Because you're too old. Time is telling you you're too old. Somebody will get something out of this tonight. Time is telling you. Now, now, now here, 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 here's, here's, here's where we, many of us make mistakes. Now listen, Pastor you've just got to use common sense. The problem with common sense is it's not faith. And many times faith is so far removed from common sense to try to compare the two. The person with common sense looks at faith and says, you're out of your mind. Abram became the father of many nations, Abraham. And at age 100 years old, if you introduced yourself to him, he introduced himself as father of many nations. And you can say, where's your kids? Amen. He says, well, I had one called Ishmael, but I run him off. But what God had done for Abram is given him visual illustration. There was no written word at the time. He didn't have the Bible. He didn't have the Word of God. So God took him out and showed him the stars. God showed him the sand. God told him to walk the length, breadth, of the land that he was in. God changed his name from Abram to Abraham. God got in a blood covenant with him. Now at the point in which time had run out, it had run out and said, there's nothing anybody can do. 
Abraham, father of many nations. See, God is not mocked. So everyone, there was probably a lot of people around him that thought that that was a worthless word, a word to be joked about. A word. Yeah, that old man called himself a father of many nations. He ain't a father of nothing. That old man, that old woman. Come on. They ain't, you know, they, they going around talking about seed and talking about nations and talking about this. But see, their eyes were on the stars. Their eyes were on the sand. They heard that word. See, God didn't just change Abraham's name. Abram's name. He changed Sarah's name too. He changed both of them. So both of them would continually rehearse what God had said, and that caused them to step away from the hundred-year factor and step up to the eternal factor. Amen? And when they did that, God said about them, they considered not... Now, we can just, for the sake of what we're teaching tonight, they considered not the calendar, the clock, the year, the date, or even what their body was telling them. Even when they were 100 years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, her inability to conceive. Amen? And be not weak in faith, considered not. What are they considering not? They're considering not what time is telling them. Now, I know we can say he's considering not their body and all. No, no, but what they're considering not is what time and common sense would say. Now, why could they do that? Now, listen, let me just, and I'll close with this. Why could they do that? Or how could they do that? Well, how about both of them? Why and how? <laughs> Amen? Why they would do that? is because of the promise. How they could do it is they were enough into the promise. They had seen the stars enough. They would seen the dust enough. They would heard the word Abraham enough to the point that the Word of God and the promise of God was stronger in them than the element of time. Now, now, now think about that for a minute. The Word of God, in because this was a 25-year process. So after 25 years of looking at the stars, so shall thy seed be. Looking at the sand, so shall thy seed be. Of hearing His name, Abraham, father of many nations. Of hearing all of that, what happened? Is they were more convinced by what they were hearing than they were by what they were seeing. And what they were hearing and saying became what they were seeing. Instead of what they were seeing became what they were hearing and saying. Did you get that? Did you get that? So, you can't be weary in well-doing. You say, why not? Because, the verse back up, verse 7, God is not mocked. God is not mocked. Therefore, whatsoever you have sown. So, have you sown the Word of God for your healing? Have you sown it for your prosperity? Have you sown it for your deliverance? Have you sown it for your children? For whatever it is, you're sowing the Word, sowing the Word. So, Well, if you had, then you got to understand, the further you stay around the eternal things, prayer, the Word of God, praying in the Holy Ghost, being a part of church, all that you do, every time you are part of this, you're part of something eternal. But the more you back away, back away, back away, back away, then the more you're caught up in natural things. And you don't want anything to do with eternal things. Because they just don't work. And what you do is revert back to religion because religion is comfortable. 
Religion's comfortable. It explains why you can't receive from God. And what does it do? Now, think about this just for a moment. What does religion do to explain why you can't receive from God? It blames it on God. Now, think about that just for a moment. What kind of God would God be if He was the God of religion? That would choose one person to be healed and another not to die. That would choose one person to save and go, go to heaven and another to go to hell. Now, what kind of, what kind of being would that be? It wouldn't be a being worthy of our worship. It wouldn't be a being worthy of our glory. It wouldn't be, be a being worthy of us giving our lives to. But that's not God at all. Religion does not paint the correct portrait of God. What religion paints is a portrait of man's idea of God apart from the Word. Uh, Teal Osborne had a Korean man saved in a, one of his mass crusades. He was a, a, an evangelist like Christopher Allen, had great crusades with thousands of people, hundreds of thousands that would come. And he had a Korean man that was saved who was a, 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 an artist, just a, a fantastic artist that could paint and all this kind of stuff. Well, he was so inspired by his salvation. He was so, you know, thankful that God had saved him and God had delivered him that he painted a picture of Jesus. And the way he painted it is with little bitty letters, he took every scripture of the Old Covenant. The hands, the... Yeah, it was a very detailed picture, Brother Osborne said. And he said when he painted it, it was Jesus with his arms open out to people. With every scripture of the New Testament. Well, that's a true picture of God. That's who Jesus is. Jesus, you say, what is God like? Look at Jesus in the Bible. Compassionate, kind. Religion hated Him. Religion fought Him. Religion went against Him. Religion didn't like Him at all. But He maintained the character of His Father, even to the point that everything that He did and everything that He said, He took no credit for Himself. He said, the words that I speak, they're my Father's, and the deeds that I do, they are also His. So, the point tonight is, some of you may be wearying in well-doing. Because the routine of faith, many times, can cause weariness. If you allow it. But if you will redouble efforts, encourage yourself in the Lord, spend more time. And that's, that's, I think that's where people kind of get off the track. Is they're like, oh, preacher, every time I come to service, you're talking about studying the Bible more. You're talking about, talking about, talking about praying more. You're talking about, you're talking about Pray in the Holy Ghost. Every time you do, you handle the essence of what your life is. We sing that song tonight. It's your breath in my lungs. Did you know that's exactly what it is? That's why you breathe. It's His breath in your lungs. Amen? So, why would you think that sometime when we're all in heaven, in the millennial reign... You know, 10 million years from now, however long it would be, that there would be periods of our life when we're existing in that realm, glorified bodies, redemption had totally taken and run its complete course, living in a timeless realm. What makes us think that there would be periods of time in which there would be no interaction with God? <laughs> you say, what do you mean? Our lives are destined for total 100% saturation 
and interaction with God. Like you go up to heaven and you're like, you know, we've been praising God for like 10 million years and I'm going to go play pool. I think I'm going to go shoot pool tonight. I ain't going to no worship meeting. I'm, I, you know, David's, David's preaching tonight, King David, you know. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, last, last week Moses preached for three hours and I, I tell you, I thought he'd never shut up. It's not going to be like that. I said, it's not going to be like that. We're going to be eternally in His presence, eternally in His glory, eternally saturated. The Word of God will become an instant reality in your mind. Your spirit man will be so empowered that it will touch your physical body, and your physical body will revert back to a glorified state, or revert to a glorified state. And it's not for the purpose of going and shooting pool. It's for the purpose of continual worship, praise. And the Bible said that God is going to use the church to show the manifold wisdom of God throughout all the ages of time. Amen. That means we're special people that He's going to take and use us. We'll have purposes. We'll have assignments. We'll have things to go. We'll have things to do. And we'll have all kinds of good things going on. There will not be any what I would call downtime. Now, my closing statement. It's your downtime that gets you in trouble. I, I, let's just be, I've, I've experienced it. You've experienced it. We all have it. That weariness comes. We think, you know, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to out of church a couple of weeks. And, man, I'm just tired of the Bible. Now I'm just going to, you know, watch TV and hang out. You know, you never catch back up. You just, you just have to go, God, I'm so sorry. Give me mercy. Give me mercy. I'm backslid. I feel like a dog. I mean, if you ever get in the presence of God, the Bible says in His presence is fullness of joy. At His right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So you get out of His fullness of joy and out of His pleasures and hang around with the world, get some dirt on you, get your knees scraped and your elbows scraped, and then devil beats you up and all these thoughts in your mind, God hates you. You're never going to get anything from God. All those people are crazy. They've lost their mind. I mean, I guarantee you. Amen. So it's better just stay hooked up with the Word of God, with the Holy Ghost, with all the good things of God, and then you don't have to go through all of that. And those weary times come in well-doing. All you have to do is encourage yourself in the Lord and glorify God. That's what, what, what Abraham did. The Bible said he glorified God. When he couldn't conceive, when it doesn't look like it was working, when 10 years went by, 15 years went by, 20 years went by, just think of that 24th year, how much pressure there probably was on him to just give up and quit. Abraham, it's, you know, come on, it's been 24 years. 24 years. You're 100 years old. Sarah's 99. And at that point, you know what happened? Something super, an angel appeared and said to Sarah, this time next year, you'll have a son. And you know what she did? She laughed. The Bible says within herself, like she could hide it from the Lord, you know. And so that's what the Lord said. That's what you're gonna, you know what you're going to name him? You're going to name him Laughter because she laughed. So that's what the Lord will do. If you don't give up and you don't quit, right at that point in which you step over into the provision that God has, he'll send that encouragement. It may be something supernatural. It may be a dream. It may be a word from God. Or it might just be courage to just keep it, keep it up until you get what you believe in God for. Amen? You love the Lord? Well, lift your hands and thank him for his word tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. 
Now, Lord, we're not going to be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap, and we're not fainting. We're not giving up. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you for the encouragement of your word. In Jesus' precious name. Everyone says, stand on your feet this evening. Father, we bless your name as we leave tonight. As is our custom, we thank you, Father, for your protection and safety. Lord, we've already prayed. We've already worshipped you. We've already thanked you. No storms, no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. We continue to lift up our brothers and our sisters on the East Coast. Speaking to Florence. Telling Florence, you're dying even right now. Your pressure's rising. Your winds are falling. In the name of Jesus. High pressure's choking you out. In the name of Jesus, we command Isaac to die in the Caribbean. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you in our travels, the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways. So we handle the resource of our, of our lives, Father, whether it be in medicine, education, the oil patch, whatever we do, however we do it, we thank you. We're not subject to trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men, accidents. Lord, I thank you that we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you for your door of utterance. Let us have a sensitivity to your spirit, Lord as we leave this place tonight, a knowing in us that every person we come in contact with that needs you, that, Father, we would be an answer to their prayer, a problem to the adversary that desires to destroy them, a miracle in their lives. We leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, Lord. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.